John, how do you find yourself? My mind went blank as soon as you asked. I I like to not prepare for these, you know. I, sure, I, I yeah. want to just uh, I want to just keep it real. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the ones that you prepare. Real time. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you ever go back and listen to those first 10 episodes of Back to Work? Uh, no, but I remember listening to them the first time. Pretty fun. Yeah, it's good stuff. Pretty fun. It's good I've been back stuff. back on, on the Merlin Man train. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really embarrassing. I listened to a bit of some Merlin Man highlights with, uh, with a friend of the show, Lindsay, and she, like, suddenly understood where I get, like, half of my... Uh, stolen man. That's the from. extremely dangerous thing about people. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, actually, let's listen to something else. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh man, if you listen to like uh, Merlin Man and Chapo Trap House, like, yeah, I'm reduced to nothing. Yeah, they're like, oh, you have uh, no original jokes and no thoughts of your own. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yep. How are you? And do you have any feedback for me? Um, how am I? I'm well. It's been a weekend. Um, I chilled. I've made progress on my personal OKR of winning twenty thousand dollars at poker this year. Okay, by winning five hundred dollars at poker. Okay, wow. so we're chipping away. Good weekend. Fortieth. Yeah, exactly. That's a what is that five percent? That's more than a whole percent. No, no, it's two point five percent. It's good percent. Um, yeah. Let's see what else. What else? We oh oh I've. Uh, I worked some this weekend because I worked yeah. less last week. Mm-hmm. And then uh, in my spare time, I made some RuneScape bots. Yeah, I remember you talking about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's great. Uh, it's pretty cool. <laughs> pretty fun it's stuff. <laughs> um, I, like, um, I like RuneScape bots. Yeah. Sounded like you were you were training a bot to to appear to look like a noob. That's what you're that's what you're working on. Well, you've got to make them look like a noob, or else they look like yeah. a bot. Right. And do they ban bots? Is that the idea? Oh, they there? do ban bots. Yeah. Yeah. That's the whole. So that's it, the whole game is playing cat and mouse. I was in voice chat with you, and I was like, "What's your what's your bot doing now?" And you're like, "Oh, uh, he's uh, walking up to everything in the world and clicking inspect so that it doesn't look like a bot." <laughs> Not everything in the world. It's just walking around. And then every once in a while, it'll just inspect, like, a flower or a tree. Honestly, like, that... That's a pretty good life. Like, if you you spent your whole life just sort of, like, observing and inspecting... I think that's a Zen koan. Not worrying about uh, min-maxing so much. More inspecting. Mm -hmm. More inspecting a flower. Yeah. Um, Yeah. No, there's... um, there's a uh oh there is a zen koan about and the the like the punchline is it's a flower smile hmm um the oh yeah it's like it's like the buddha like presents the student with a flower and the student like tries to meditate on it and tries to like find how the flower is connected to all things and like tries to like understand what the flower says about himself and blah 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 blah, blah. and like at the end of the day, the Buddha takes the flower and he looks at it and he smiles. He says, it's a flower smile. I love that. Yeah, Very it's good. good stuff. You know what the uh, Buddhist student said to the hot dog vendor? Oh, I do. But Make if me want like everything. To, yeah, if you'd like to tell the listener. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, um, okay, well, that's great. So mm-hmm. you did some RuneScape. You did some work. Uh, you 
how is that uh anything else on how you're doing um you know i'm here i'm a little tired but i'm here yeah yeah you were you were having sleep troubles last week i was how are you doing oh wait sorry do i, I have any feedback for you um my feedback for you is it's all good man um you uh <laughs> yeah it all seems fine you're you're killing it you're crushing it you're uh we just had monday morning baseball sounds like all your projects are swimming along fine yeah we're cruising we're, we're cruising. doing some product management stuff that is like very much in my comfort zone mm-hmm. um and that's a good feeling mm-hmm. partly because it's like oh yeah there's a thing that i'm good at i i'm mixing my time between product management and programming Mm-hmm. And in programming, I don't feel like I'm like at sea. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't feel like I'm like bad or wasting time. It's just like it's um that's like the the, the growth zone mm-hmm. uh, for me. And product management is like I know exactly how to do this. I know mm-hmm. exactly how to approach this problem, and I can do it pretty efficiently. I I know that I'm like providing a ton of value to the client. Mm-hmm. Um, and on programming, I just like don't quite have that level of security yet. Um, mm-hmm. So it's good to do a mix of both, you know, spend yeah, time, totally. some time in the safety zone, some time in the growth zone. And when, I, when I'm doing like anything product related, I'm like, oh, let's try out a novel new concept. Yeah. And uh, because everything is a novel new concept to me. So, yeah. Yeah. And with that, like I, the thing that's fun about doing that with you is that like a lot of your opinions are good. And then like you know, one out of every four opinions, I'll be like, actually, I fundamentally disagree with that. Let me share my reasons why, you know, yeah, actually that's, you're, that's you're a babe in the woods. So no, <laughs> yeah. like an interesting um, example about that was like, it's cause there's, there's, well, actually to start talking about that, we need to start talking about, uh, papercuts.io, mm-hmm. um, which is a thing that I think we could spend the next 50 minutes yeah, talking if you, about. Yeah, if you wanted to call in for the show about Papercuts.io, you should have called in for the show about product yeah, management. Pre- precisely. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, th- th- there's an interesting example of that this week where you were like, you, you were like, what if we did this? And I was like, aha, except. Uh, yes, reasons. and. Um, so that's been fun. It's also been, I'm excited about, this. I think I, I think my heart wants to talk about Papercuts today. I think we ought to. Like, I keep on coming. Everything I keep on almost saying is about that. Um, Did we buy the domain? Who should buy it before publishing this? Before saying papercuts.io over and over and over again. Um, Although I am a little bit on the fence about the name. I guess we should bring the listener into what the hell we're talking about. Yeah, Um, behind the scenes. So uh, we at Thunk want to make a SaaS product. Uh Uh-huh. I shouldn't say we want to. We are going to. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are in the process of making yeah, a. It's SaaS on our. Product. It's on our goddamn vision board. Yeah. So like, uh, there's. I, I cannot. I cannot yeah. fail. Um, yeah. We we couldn't not make a product if we tried. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, we're making a product. One thing that makes me really happy is that uh, I have like never set out to make a like a SaaS product on my own before I've worked at companies that make SaaS products. I've made mm-hmm. games, but I've never like been like, I want to make the SaaS product that like solves the problem that I feel deeply that mm-hmm. I want to solve for somebody else. So like, this is a very exciting moment for me also because 
we're doing we're making a product about product processes mm-hmm. and uh i have like very strong and informed opinions about how this product should work do you ever think that this is how this is why there's so many movies about making movies oh don't even i'm literally begging you to not get me started on this <laughs> this is it's like a but and i it's got to a, i used to be annoyed by it and i've actually just learned i've gotten to a point of acceptance like the mm-hmm. perfect example is every heist movie uh mm-hmm. so like oceans 11 is like like okay the two guys who have this vision for this thing need to like go recruit a team and they like put these guys in costumes and they have to go get a producer who has money to to put it all together and they go talk to elliot gould out in vegas and like he's this old timer who knows about all the stuff and puts puts the whole team together and then they like rehearse things and they have lines and costumes and like and they go through the whole thing and show you what it's all going to look like. And then they're like, okay, it's the big day. And then they like put on this big performance. Yeah. Literally, once you start looking for it. Every, every heist movie, movie is a movie about movies. Yeah. Yeah, and like then, Reservoir and Dogs. Extrapolate from there, every movie is about movies. It's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Like Inception is another hilarious example. Um, like you had the producer, the director. And all. Anyway, once you start looking for this, you're like, oh, these writers are not capable about of writing anything other than movies about movies yeah um it's very funny um so yeah i'm making a product about product <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> um i'm making a so, developers about developers <laughs> yeah <laughs> yo dog uh we heard you like developers um but so we want to we're going to make this product uh and the premise that we we probably need to get good at the elevator pitch. Yeah. The way that I would describe it is like, it's a place that um, non-development teams can write up and organize, prioritize the problems that they see users having or problems that they're having their, themselves. And developers have a pretty like sane interface to react to those problems and attach them to tickets so that then non-developers can basically see what the progress of those things is, or if the developer said, this is not a problem we're going to solve, or if the developer said, this is not clear, we need more information. Like It's kind of an asymmetrical product, but that basically allows all of those people who are in charge of reporting problems, which is a really, really critical part of the product process, can get out of JIRA, can get out of Linear, and go into a place that basically uh it's not you know the 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 app that we want to build is not a super like customizable thing that could be in any shape you want it to be it's in a really particular shape which is our opinion of how people should report problems it's like include steps to replicate tell us exactly what pages this is on includes include screenshots um and uh also you need to rank it against every other problem you've ever reported so yeah well- uh and so the interesting Sorry, thing about this is like there there's a bunch of opinions about correct process, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think the most interesting thing about this is that it's like a hybrid SaaS and info product, right? Yes. And so like we're going to be creating like educational material um, which could stand on its own, right? That's basically like, hey, here's a sane process for like running an organization that has different people who care about things in it yeah um yeah and it's like by the way like 
we built the tool for the same process. So like, yes, if you are running the same process and you like think it's good, then like, here's the tool that we think is like the best implementation of this process, you know? Yes, totally. Um, and so the tool, various places in the software will lead you out to the info product. Um, and obviously the info product will like regularly show screenshots or whatever yeah. of the, of the product itself. Yeah. Or the SaaS product. And I think like the, like there's all these interesting places where that can come into play where let's say I write up a problem, you know, I'm a salesperson and I write up a problem that's like, uh, you know, uh, like a, a common thing that would happen is like when we sit, when we tell people to write up their problems is like they end up writing up a solution. So I might write up something that's like, Oh, Hey, uh, go put a button on this page and the developer would have an interface to reply to that with either like we're on it, we've linked a ticket or we're not going to solve this or like we need, we need a better problem statement. Mm -hmm. Um, and if, I think if they reply with that, like you could even nudge the person, the salesperson who wrote that to be like, looks like this isn't a problem statement. Here's a link to a really good page about how to write good problem statements, mm -hmm. you know, with maybe um, like a five minute video of John talking about yeah. problem statements and you know, totally. like all of this. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's a really interesting angle. The like hybrid info product SaaS product is really interesting. I think it's also, I love this idea. That's just like, could you technically do this your own way with a spreadsheet? Like, yes, I have before, but it kind of sucks. Mm -hmm. um, could you like configure Jira in some sort of ass backwards way to accomplish something similar to this? Like sort of maybe, but the point of this is like not that configurability. The point of this is like, this will keep things on the rails for like a, a really specific implementation of how to solve this problem. And if you use it and you stay on the rails, like life will be better. Um, so I've chatted with, uh, we're like one of our, part of the reason this came up is because this was a problem we had at my last company and, uh, we built a crazy wackadoo spreadsheet for it. Mm -hmm. Um, that was like, okay, it wasn't great. Um, and then, uh, and of course it was missing this very important thing where we wanted to link Jira tickets to it so people could see easily what was going on with the status of those tickets and that didn't really work. And then uh, started working at Thunk and working with InterNACHI uh, and InterNACHI had the an almost identical problem to my previous company. And I was talking to boss man Chris about it and was like, hey, we should implement this wackadoo spreadsheet again. By the way, <laughs> do you know made... his kids call him boss man dad now? Really? <laughs> I learned so that I learned that listening to an episode of Over Engineered yesterday. Uh that's so funny. That makes me very happy. Um well, so we started we made this spreadsheet and then like I made it even crazier because like we did link it to linear tickets. Um and like you can see the status of them, but like it's unwieldy and ugly and it's just sort of like this is something that's crying out to be a SaaS product. Mm -hmm. Um so <clears throat> Uh, we're going to build it and I'm super psyched about it. And I, I'm also just excited cause I'm like between me and you and Jacob and whoever else is going to work with us. Like we are like uniquely equipped to make a good SaaS product. Mm -hmm. Um, 
like we have we have the skills mm-hmm. uh and it's also going to be fun because it's going to be a verbs and live wire thing um so it'll take us deeper into that um and uh i don't know i'm psyched about it it also <laughs> things like this are just so fun to work on because I, I was also just like i messaged you the other last week i was just like I want to just like work on this for 60 hours this week, mm-hmm. but we have like client work to do. Yes. Yeah, like, we have people sort of just do other we things. A, I sort of just wish we were a product company. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that'll come. Yes. There will be a, there will be a month where we yeah. get to have a break. It's like, we need to keep, it's a funny tension. We need to keep our foot on the gas with sales and we don't want to have a huge chasm mm-hmm. between clients who pay us good money but it's this little part of me is like yeah but if it happens i could take a chasm on the chin yeah yeah exactly so i had Um, to so i don't know i just talked for a long time where's your head at on this i think it's super good i think it's super fun and exciting um i'm i've got a bunch of like strategic things i'm thinking about with it um Mm. like i think you're thinking about product things I'm thinking about dev things, but I'm also now I'm like not really thinking about dev things that much anymore with it because I think I basically have answered all my questions, mm. all my theoretical questions. Um, and so now I'm like, okay, well, like positioning this as a product, like, yeah, what, how, what is the interplay between an info product and the SaaS product, right? Because yeah, it's like, it's interesting. Do we market this as like a paid info product? Um, or do we put out a ton of free educational content and then like use that to farm SEO? Right. Mm-hmm. And then like basically say like the SEO or the informational content is like a loss leader to drive. It's just content marketing for the SaaS product. Mm-hmm. Um, I think another, there, I think there are more opportunities as well so like i think there's like um sort of like a patreon ish approach where like you create content and you like put it out one lesson at a time but there is more content than is publicly available um Mm. and only people who are subscribed to the app can access it or something you know yeah i don't think like i think i would rather the educational content either be free or a Mm one-time thing partly because if these ideas are good and right like it shouldn't need like months of new content right on an ongoing basis right Mm mm-hmm Right, right, yeah, and so then, and also you're just kind of signing yourself up for a job, then. Yeah, like I don't. Part I'm literally what the reason I say that is because my mind went ahead to like, well, after I say everything I need to say, what else am I going to say? Right. Um. Yeah. Um, we should talk to Aaron about this. Yeah, totally. I think he'll have a good opinions about it. I think he will too. I. Um, I do think that there is a world where there's like a bunch of free content and then there are like four or five really heady pieces of content that are just paywalled forever, you know? Yeah. 
and not like you need to be constantly like getting ahead or whatever but that like uh yeah i don't know speaking of runescape bots i was just on this website um <laughs> did, did somebody say runescape bots <laughs> um i was just on this website that like makes scripts and stuff for runescape bots and uh they have all this like really good like tutorial content about like how to set up and manage all these runescape bots and like do all this stuff and then they have some like really in-depth guides on how to build like very specific gold farms or whatever hmm. that are just paywalled behind their VIPs thing. Hmm. Um, and I was like, hmm, am I about to pay $30 to these people to read this <laughs> PDF on like how to run a risk yeah. gold farm? And I opted right. not to, but people are clearly doing it or else they wouldn't sure. have this product, you know? So anyway, that's yeah. kind of the thing. And like they also, so they have like, paid educational content and paid products that you can use to do the thing and free products and free educational content. So yeah, 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 yeah. They're kind of like doing the whole thing and like there's lots of opportunities to give them money. And I don't know if that's a yeah. good thing or a bad thing, but you know, one thing I've thought a lot about with the um uh something that man, we have so many Chris's. Uh I know. coming we out have of our boss ears. Man Chris, we have Chris is the CTO of one of our other clients. I was also about to mention friend of the show, Chris, Chris Thornton. Uh, Chris Thornton. We sometimes call him Thornton. Um, Chris uh, helped design pecking order and has been like a good game tester and stuff. And his cousin made a great game. So it's been like, it was really informative for me because they, they went out, you know, they made a card game like a year before mine. So I've gotten to like, kind of like follow along their progress and like see how they do stuff. But one thing Chris observed when they went to their first gaming conference was people would come over to their booth and they just sold this $20 game. And he was like, we had some people, there's some people who were like, were on the fence and then they're like, okay, I'll buy it. So like, there's other people who are like so enthusiastic, like they were prepared to give us $500, but we didn't have a way for them to give us $500. <laughs> yeah. That's like, that is such a good insight. Yeah. Uh, and it's like one thing that Kickstarter is really good about. Um, but like, it's interesting to be like, how do you, yeah. How do you like capitalize on like price insensitive people who are like totally on board? How do you like not just get nine ninety nine a month from them? Yeah, you know. I think that I think what you could do is I mean it really you know we we have not yet landed on like a pricing structure for this thing, right? But right. like assuming that it was like something like paying for seats, right? Yeah. Either paying for individual seats or paying for a number of teams or like whatever cuz like it's all based on like how many teams are in your company and stuff. Um however we bill for it um there's like a monthly cost for that right mm -hmm. but we could also just say like you want to buy 10 seats forever like yeah totally and just like I, have like I lifetime really like pricing perpetual license stuff yeah perpetual license but i, I kind of like the idea that it's like perpetual license by the seat right yeah so it's like there's still an opportunity for you to give us more money later as your company grows Right. Right. It's not like you're like locked in at whatever. And it's also like that way we're because like if you just say like perpetual license for everything, then right. like 
InterNACHI pays us the same amount that Microsoft pays us. You know? <laughs> yeah. Which I like that though. That's seems a cool crazy. idea. Permanent seats. Permanent seats. The throne. Season tickets. Season tickets. Woo! <laughs> but that season tickets are only good for the season. Yeah, right. That's good. The owner's box. I like that idea though. Um well, it was also other cool validation, which I told you, but just telling the listener, I talked uh, to the CEO of the company that I used to work for, mm-hmm. and she's very product minded and like gets this stuff. And I described she was we were just catching up, and I was I was like, oh, we're also going to make a SaaS product, and here's what it's going to be. And she like lit up, and she was like, tell me when it's ready. Like, yeah, we face that exact problem. And part of the value proposition for them, aside from the fact like the primary value proposition is just like this solves a problem that they have. Um, but the secondary problem that it solves for them is that everyone in their company is in Jira together, which mm-hmm. is insane. Um, it's a, it's, it's the wild west. It's so bad. And the idea, the like impetus behind it is similar to what I'm getting at, which is like, everyone should be reporting problems. Um, what does one of those Jira cost a month? I don't know because they're probably on like enterprise pricing. We could look it up right now. Um, let's see, Jira prices. I'm just uh, saying, like, what what are we saving these people? You know, it's like eight bucks per user or sixteen per user for premium. I don't know what. Let's call it ten. The let's enterprise, call it ten bucks. Enterprise years. pricing gets you. Yeah, so that's like essentially like for them like 90 people uh who are i'll assume that they're billing annually holy um so yeah it's like 10 15 grand a year how many users are on their team if they have like 150 people annually they're paying 15,000 a year um so yeah like it's meaningful it's meaningful um and I think that that's like, that's also part of it is like, no, no, this is like a, the impetus makes sense. You want everyone to be able to write up tickets. The way that they do it is they have this whole like triage system where there's like a separate organization called triage. And then like anyone can make a triage ticket, but then PMs and engineers need to like look at the triage tickets and like either say this needs more information this is staying in triage or we're like moving this over into the engineering organization Mm -hmm. um and it's a little bit insane um and it doesn't really work very well um and like the stuff in triage is not very well like organized or sorted um there's a there's a a long list of problems with it and it's not really working and so then they're just paying for like 90 people to be in jira who shouldn't be in there and Mm -hmm. for the engineering team and the pm team it's like completely overwhelming and terrible because jira has just become way worse now because all these people are in it like everybody's playground Uh and also you go and look at triage and you'll see that there's like 4500 tickets in there Mm -hmm. and you're like dude like what like what are we supposed to do with this yeah right uh um so it's like demoralizing bad frustrating whatever so i do think part of the pitch is if they're a pm or an engineer they're in they jira is their like is their happy space that they have control over Mm -hmm. like give them the reins to jira Mm -hmm. um 
get everyone else out of there. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think that's correct. And I, I mean, I really do think that like we can market to dev teams probably. So I think that there's yeah. like a few ways to like sell products like this, right? Um, yeah. And I think that like our best pitch often is going to be that the devs are our advocates inside the company, right? Yes. And so we convince the devs, the devs convince the managers, right? Yeah. And they are the most, they're the ones who have the most sanity to gain from this product. Right. And the whole organization believes that anything you can do to take things off of devs' plates means they're going to focus more on what I want them to focus on, right? Yes. Like, everyone believes that devs, and this is not necessarily untrue, but everyone in management believes that the devs are just, like, up to their ears in stuff, and we need to take everything off their plate so they can make faster progress, right? And so if devs come to you and say, like, hey, there's a lot on our plates, here's, like, a tool that just takes it off our plates, um, I think that's, like, a pretty reasonable sell i do too um i think another uh i think that's a big deal i think that part of the pitch is really important to get across so we got to figure out how to communicate that is that like well so let me let me back up a little bit part of it part of what i uh, am thinking about struggling with whatever is um how to articulate like why doing it this way matters mm-hmm. because that's a big part of what the pitch is in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and even down to like the name of it, paper cuts part of the like extremely strong opinion I have is that sales team, customer support, customer success, executives, all these people, what I see all the time is that they, when they, when they notify the, uh, engineering team about like, hey, we want you to do something. What they tend to do is propose a solution. And mm-hmm. what we want them to do is to uh, carefully articulate problems. Mm-hmm. Um, this is like a very deeply held opinion for me that uh, I it was kind of come out of like years and years of doing this. Uh, but most people most of the time don't really like get that yet. Mm-hmm. And so you could open it up and be like, why is why are you asking me to like just report problems like i'm trying to do feature requests so like even just getting across to them like why this matters like why doing it this way is so much saner is is kind of an is a pretty important thing to do so like uh i think part of it is that like what we wanted to get across to them is like the way to really take something off your dev's plates is if you don't report the problem, they have to do detective work to figure it out. Mm -hmm. If you don't say what the priority of the ticket is relative to all of these other things you've asked for, they have to do a bunch of detective work to go figure that out. And so like, if you can report clearly articulated problems for them ranked relative to everything else you've ever reported to them, that gives them like, really clear direction on what needs to be solved and why and da 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 and they don't have to do any of the detective work um, right which is like yeah, and I a think, huge like, deal the more that the tool makes it difficult to the so I, I think there's two sides of it but like 
one, the more makes the more the tool makes it difficult to do the bad thing, the better. Yeah. Um, and the more the tool makes it easy for the devs to see that you did the bad thing anyway, and then punt it back to you with yeah. in a way that is going to make you do the good thing, the better, right? So like, yeah, devs like devs are going to have a tendency now to uh, sin eat, right? Like, yeah. or dev teams rather, like including PMs who are part of technical teams, right? But like the technical teams are going to have a tendency to like sin eat for the rest of the organization, which is like, oh, well, like this guy did propose a bunch of solutions and that's annoying, but like he's important. So like, we're just going to do the hard work of like working backwards from his solutions to problems and then yeah. coming up with the real solutions to the problems that he could, didn't articulate, you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, like, I think there, I think, like, the more we can uh, encourage the right thing to get written the first time, A, the less detective work is necessary, but B, like, the less, like, uh, awkward conversations with managers you have to have where you're like hey bob love your ideas where's all this coming from bud you know yeah. you want to unpack yeah. this a little bit for me um right. because if we can make like the ui and like the educational content so strong that like it's almost like untenable for someone to write like a big bad solution yeah. Uh, then, like, I think that's like one of the biggest value adds. It's just like yeah. you, you you don't actually get to access the dev team in just like an empty text box where you can type anything. Yeah. One idea Chris had, which I thought was interesting, was um, this could be this could be a really interesting place to sprinkle in a little bit of AI to do a like, hey, uh, that looks more like a solution than a problem. Right. <laughs> Uh, which is like that actually probably would be pretty easy to train up. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah. So that's an interesting idea. Um, and I, and, and part of what I also like is like having the, I mentioned this earlier, I guess, but the, the dev team gets to respond to it with like stock answers. Mm -hmm. um, so it's like when you do have a responsibility, like if somebody in the company reported a problem, the dev team does need to respond. Yes. Um, and they can respond with, we agree this is linked to a ticket. We're not going to solve this. Or, like, I need more information or this is not a problem statement. Um, maybe there's maybe we add more answers to that over time. But, like, I think those are, like, basically the, the categories that you can respond to a ticket with or a problem with. Yeah. Um, and, uh, the and like... Yeah, we talked about, like, using something very similar to, like, the GitHub code review right thing where like you can either like approve deny or request changes right right um so it's basically like yes we're gonna do this and like here's a ticket or yeah. we're not gonna do this and here's why yeah. or this is not a this is not ready for us to answer that question yet yeah and here's why and i think there's like a there's a central view that's like basically like here's the problems that we need to go solve ranked um, and obviously like closed out things don't appear there. Things that are done or things that are 
accepted, whatever. But also, I think that things where the dev team said, this is not detailed enough or this is not a problem statement, basically stay in like a kind of like a draft state and don't even show up there. It's like, if the dev team has not even agreed yet that this is like a coherent problem Mm -hmm. and like affirmatively clicked a thing to say like, yes, we're working on it and yes, here's a ticket, then like it doesn't even show up on the board. It's not real yet, you know? There's also this thing with like, um, with any sort of like product process stuff or like dev teams dealing with management stuff, like there's always a sense where it's like, uh, you want to give people something to cover their ass with, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, you know, that can... Some places that's, like, burn down or, right. what, like, burn down charts and, like, you know, or, like, velocity or whatever. And, like, people end up gamifying these, like, agile metrics in order yeah. to, like, prove that they're all doing their job or whatever. Um, and I think one of the things that we can do here is, like, if we just like make dev response time on tickets like a metric like yeah. that's something where it's like like the worst thing is like tickets that just don't get responded to you know yeah um because then like the idea is that like we make the responses so fast that things end up very quickly either getting bounced back approved or denied right yeah um and so if something is sitting in no man's land for you know a week then like how and why you know yeah like yeah so i think that's an interesting thing is like it lets the dev team basically be like yeah look like i know that you guys like aren't happy with us or whatever because no one's ever happy with us but um like every problem you guys have submitted, like we're kicking it back to you within 48 hours. Like, right. you know, like we're on top of things. Like if you're, you know, now it's just like rank your things appropriately, you know? Yeah. Oh, I think, um, a couple other thoughts on that. I totally agree. I think another like interesting metric to look at that could be like more dev facing to like nudge them. I think there's a lot of opportunities since it's like, the nice thing about it, like a really opinionated product that has like a particular pathway is like you can do these really highly contextual things like mm-hmm. um, for the dev teams, you can show them a thing that's like, hey, you haven't thrown this team a bone in five weeks. Mm-hmm. Like maybe these are really all low priority tickets, but like according to our data, like you haven't really solved even a small problem for them in kind of a while. And like, even if it's like not top priority, it might be worth like throwing them a bone, you know? Another Um, thing um, I just realized. So like tickets are going to end up languishing because some reason or another, we don't have the information we need to, to answer the question right now. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. it could be, oh, let's, like, wait until we hire this guy and then talk about that. Or Or even just, we totally agree, but it's a huge project and it's not happening in the next six months. Right. So, fourth thing. So, approve, deny, uh, ask for changes, or snooze. Yeah. And you you said, yeah. 
So yeah. snooze for a week, snooze for a month, snooze for six months. Something like really, like, uh, yeah. blunt, you know? I'm trying to think of what that would do, though. Like, So what it does is, like, you're snoozing with a reason, right? And you, the dev team, are saying, hey, like, it gives you a, an opportunity to say, like, we recognize this problem. We're not prepared to deal with it yet, right? Mm -hmm. But we understand that, like, you care about it. And so we want to see, like, in six months, when it comes back up, do you still care about it, right? Yeah. And, like, at that point, we may have the resources needed to deal with it, you know? Yeah. Because, I think it's like, interesting. Because I do think, like, we've had this at various companies I've been at where it's like sometimes someone will just get real ambitious and start making roadmaps right but like sometimes if it's like a roadmap for a part of the product that's only like that's kind of like dependent on some other projects and it's you know six months down the road like and these other projects need to get done before it's that project well sometimes yeah. those other projects get done in a way that we didn't foresee and now, like, all the dependencies for that project aren't right. Oh, yeah. You know? I think even really mature organizations, like, trying to talk about what's going to be happening six months from now is, like, a complete joke. It's like right. no one knows what's happening six months from now. But you don't want to lose the fact that someone wanted this. Oh, right? of course, yeah. And, and so, I, like... I do think it's important to maintain the list. Yeah. Um, and so I think that it's really interesting of, like, maybe uh, what, what Snooze does is it... A, puts it somewhere with notes so that it's, like, recorded why we didn't deal with this at first, right? Yeah. But also, it brings it back up to the team it, who requested it. demands it a new response at that date. From right? the team who requested it in six months, at which point they can say, I no longer care about this, or yeah. um, let's update this ticket a little bit and re or yeah. this, uh, this problem and resubmit it. This gets at another area that I think is really interesting. Um, I talked a lot of, to Chris about this, but like contextual reviews. So initially I was just sort of like, oh, you got to have a review. It's almost like a David Allen kind of like, well, you can't have a to-do list without a review. And that's true. But I actually think, again, you can be really contextual and smart about what the review is. So for example, like if the dev team said, like, we agree this is a problem, it's really big and we're not working on it right this minute and then it sits for three months maybe the nudge is hey sales team like could you break this apparently this item is huge mm -hmm. and it's not happening right now could you break this into tinier problem statements and mm -hmm. then resubmit uh could, could you could you like if, if if this is a whole like feature that you have a big problem with it's probably really made up of like five or six smaller problems. What if you wrote up five or six smaller problems and then mm -hmm. like ask the dev team about those, maybe one of them they'll just jump on right away, you know? Um, so yeah. I think that like you can do smart stuff with like, okay, given the state of this problem, when it was reported, where it is in linear, what the dev team said about it. And given how long it's been since it was updated, like, maybe you give them like a really specific kind of nudge uh to go to go do something with it so i think that's interesting too yeah 
Um, I do kind of like the idea that like there's multiple inboxes, right? Um, mm -hmm. Like there's like uh, how do you mean? Well, like the devs have an inbox of like you mm -hmm. know everything that is in the top fives of all of the organizations, right? Mm -hmm. And like their goal is to get to inbox zero on that, where yes, they have approved, denied, or responded to all of them, mm -hmm. right? Um, and like a, a good happy situation for the dev team is that like all of the items in all of the top fives of all of the company or all all of the departments are either approved, denied, or uh, like in the middle of being worked on by them, right? <laughs> um, on the other hand, like there's an inbox for the team, which is things that have been bounced back to us for yeah. review, things that we have yep. in progress as a team that we're still shaping ourselves, yep. um, and things that have resurfaced from snoozes that we're being asked to like readdress, you know? Yeah. So I kind of like the idea that like dev teams and non-dev teams both have inboxes, and like their goal is to get to inbox zero, because that's like, that's a meeting, you know? Yeah, like that's like a really meaningful meeting that you can schedule for however often makes yep. sense. Where you say like, "Hey, let's just like burn through our inbox and get it down to zero, and then like, we're done." You know? Yep, I like it. Um, it's also occurring to me. This is one thing I hadn't really thought carefully about till now. I think there's more more to think through here, but is there's there is a final step of, hey, you wrote up this problem. Maybe there was some back and forth on it. The dev team eventually accepted it and linked three linear tickets to it. Now all three of those linear tickets are done. Mm -hmm. The dev team thinks this is done. Do you agree that it's done? Is the problem solved? Is the problem solved? Yeah. And then there's a there's probably a path from there to either say like, yes, throw confetti on the page, everyone's happy, make it take it off the lists, or to say like uh, part of it is solved, but you didn't do this specific thing and we'll kind of guide them towards like, great, write up a new problem for that and let's like, and then resubmit it, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but I like this idea. I've been kind of talking when I, I wrote up this like manifesto about like why it works this way. And I'm like, I keep on coming back to this idea of like a social contract between the dev team and the non-dev team. Um, and it's like the non-dev team has a responsibility to like write up every problem write it as a problem statement you know rank it the dev team has a responsibility to respond to everything mm -hmm. and to solve some problems not all problems but i think that this is like part of the social contract too is like the dev team doesn't just like ship three tickets and walk away mm -hmm. the dev team like ships three tickets and turns around and goes did we solve it mm -hmm. you know i think that's part of it too yeah no i agree and i, I like i really think that like there could be some very good encouraging UI when things yeah. are accepted, right? Yeah. Because, like, it's great for the the team because they now have a next, another slot open in their top five that they can shove something yeah, into. Yeah, totally. Right? So it's yeah. like, that's a celebratory moment where it's like, hey, congrats, you have top four in your top five right now. Like, what are you going to promote? Like, yeah. what's, what's your big thing, you know? And yeah. then um, for the dev team, like, it's a little feather in their cap because like they delivered something and people appreciated it 
Um, and uh, yeah, so I think that that is really valuable. Yeah. We got to run to our next thing. We do. But um, this is, uh, I'm psyched. I, I'm so excited to, to yeah. build this. No, I know. I think, dude, I think like, yeah, I think documenting the like, the weekly meetings is like very good. Sorry, documenting the weekly meetings. The like inbox zero sessions. Yeah, totally. Like we should try running some of those with our like custom linear filters that we have, or the like yeah. the shapeables or needs refinements or whatever. Yeah, you know. Agreed. All right, this has been a blast. Um, I cool. have not used. We're using a new thing, so I don't know how this is going to go. I'm going to press the outro music, and uh, hopefully it goes great. <laughs>